1: Being a chef
2: means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card.
1: Right this way.
2: It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials
3: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What up, what up, what up? It's Friday, September 25th. You can hear the glee in my voice. It's a beautiful morning. The parlay hits. Best bet on the winning track. The Lakers come through. Uh, about the only negative on my Thursday night in sports was I started this kid Isaiah Ford in fantasy. You don't care! He only had two catches. Uh folks, it's another NFL weekend ahead. We have a great guest coming up later in the show. Really good guy. Okay, you probably know him from social media. You know him from TV. Ian Rappaport, aka Rap Sheet. He's just a nice guy. I got to know him at a couple Super Bowls when he was on his way ascending to the top. We stuck we stuck in uh friendship and um He's just a nice guy. And he came on and talked, and uh, I think you'll really like the interview. But let's get right to the big Thursday night in sports. We have to start, obviously, with Thursday night foot. No, we don't. I mean, come on. It was it was a terrible game. Uh, the Jags look like a team that's going to be drafting first. They looked as bad as the Jets or worse. Uh, I it's one of those, how the hell were these guys favored? They get their teeth kicked in 31-13. Just a curb stomping by Fitzmagic. And the Dolphins. And that's about all we'll do on that garbage football game. Um, Let's get to the real story. LeBron James! Listen, guys. I had this big rant set up. And, you know, while I'm recording these podcasts, I get kind of worked into a lather, if you couldn't tell. I'm very passionate about sport. I'm a passionate guy. Um... And my friends who are hearing this know me. The, the dads out here in L.A. who I coach sports with, they know me. It's fun. Like, life is good, man. you got to enjoy it. And we actively look for ways to tear down people. And, you know, the number one guy is LeBron. For whatever reason, these keyboard warriors all over the Internet, a lot of tough-talking guys on the radio and TV, they just want to bash LeBron. They look for ways to puncture his greatness. And coming into Game 4, all we heard was, well, LeBron's been fading down the stretch, and Anthony Davis is carrying this team, and LeBron only took two free throws in, in Game 3? What's going on? And uh, Rob G pointed me out a story on where's the CBS Sports that, you know, was basically going after LeBron James and saying, listen, he's old. He's an old fart. He can't do anything. And CBS Sports is saying, you know what? LeBron's only played 40 minutes once in the playoffs so far. And that was against Portland in game one, and he hasn't played 40 minutes since. He's old. Look at his shooting percentage. It's going down. First half, he's in the 60s. Second half, he's in the 40s. And, oh, yeah, LeBron has played so many playoff minutes in his career, he's basically played another three seasons. I mean, this is this is crazy. CBS Sports, without coming out and ripping LeBron, is basically saying this is an old man. It's, he's 35 years old. What do you expect? I mean, what, what are we doing here? We're bashing a 35-year-old? His greatness is on display, and all we look to do is tear him down. And... The little I know about LeBron, um, as most of you know, I play pickup basketball out here in LA and I got, the, you know, one day I'm playing a game and this big dude shows up. I mean, he's like six, six, pretty jacked. And I'm like, oh man, the guy's dunking in our game. I'm like, who is this guy? Oh yeah. He's on a Nickelodeon show and he's LeBron's body double. What? And of course, you know me, I'm like, okay, I got to get to know this guy. So we became friends and, um. Yeah, he's LeBron's body double in Sprite commercials, and he was in Space Jam, and he starts telling me about LeBron and how good of a guy he is and all these stories about, listen, LeBron doesn't put any food in his mouth unless his handler, who is like, you know, yes, you can eat that apple. No, you cannot eat that uh, bacon or whatever, uh, gets approved, and LeBron has a masseuse with him, and he takes care of his body. This guy is in tip-top shape, and just these stories you hear about LeBron are legendary. I'm like, man, this guy's awesome. And I become a big fan of LeBron out here, watching him. You know, my kids have LeBron jerseys. You got the LeBron T-shirts, all that fun stuff. And we gather around the TV and watch. And then all I hear when I post about it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, oh, LeBron, he's garbage. Do you guys realize what he did in Game 4? Let's just take his totality of his night into perspective. Number one, after having six turnovers in Game 3, LeBron comes out as point guard, 38 minutes, zero turnovers. I was like, oh, that's pretty impressive. I looked down the box scores. Oh, he didn't have any turnovers in this postseason. Uh, Two years ago, oh, yeah, he didn't have any games with no turnovers. And that one, you have to go all the way back to 2015 to find a playoff game where LeBron had zero turnovers. That's how impressive last night was. And he's 35. Okay, so the next thing. LeBron only took two foul shots in game three. Well, LeBron made a living. Going to the free throw line. 14 free throw attempts for LeBron James. Couldn't really get the shot working, seven out of 18. Um, but he got to the foul line and he scored nine points in the fourth quarter. And the biggest part of LeBron in game four that I loved, and I, I don't know how any of the haters are going to tear him down for this Jamal Murray's been cooking every Laker. Just putting Caruso in a blender. Rondo has no chance. KCP just throws his hands up. Jamal Murray is a killer. And he was putting on a show. He had 32 points in game four. But in the final five minutes, you could see LeBron said, I got him. I'm going to guard him. And on the pick and rolls, a lot of the guards will just hand off Jamal Murray to Anthony Davis, and it's a mismatch. And LeBron fought through every screen. You can If you recorded the game or you want to watch it on YouTube, call it up. I jotted down the times. Like 5.46 is when it really started. And Jamal Murray drives in. And it's easy to get that floater up over Danny Green or Caruso. Try to get it up over LeBron. And that wingspan just shut him down. Now, Murray tried to sell a foul. He didn't get it. So then he decides, well, I can't get the shot off next time. He gets a pass to Millsap for an assist that he tries LeBron again, and this time LeBron blocks him. And again, Murray falls down flailing, where's the call, where's the call? Because he's been getting the call throughout the playoffs. Nobody can guard him. But LeBron knows the verticality game. You go straight up, you don't reach down for the block, and LeBron doesn't have to because he's long. It was a masterful defensive performance. I will just remind you, Jamal Murray, zero baskets in the final five minutes. Crunch time, winning time. He got four free throws at the end. It was largely academic. It didn't matter. Lakers had a, a big enough bulge. But LeBron answered the call. Is he old? Yes, he's old. He can still play a game with zero turnovers. Can he get to the line still? Is he fast enough? Is he nimble enough? Is he aggressive enough? Yeah, he shot 14 free throws. Can he guard the best player of the opponent? Yes! LeBron did everything! And how are we going to tear him down? I'm just curious, guys. What is going to be the argument? Nine points in the fourth quarter. Held Jamal Murray without a basket in the final five minutes. 26 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. I mean, what are we going to do? How are we going to go after LeBron? Rob G., I know you like LeBron, and you want to find a hole. Jason, I know you left something open. Where's the hole? Where did LeBron not play a fantastic game in Game 4 that they had to win and put Denver on the ropes?
5: I I don't even think he played fantastic. I mean, the the last five minutes defensively were great. It was a turn-back-the-clock moment. reminded me of when he did that against Derrick Rose that one season when Mm. Rose won the MVP in Chicago. You know, he just decided this guy, is, it's, it's it's over for the little guard now, the, the big dogs here. But I haven't seen a LeBron James, or excuse me, a playoff LeBron game in this series. I mean, he's putting up numbers because that's what he does. He's like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, where you can, in their sleep, they're getting you a near triple-double every game. It's just the way that they play. But uh, LeBron hasn't really put his fingerprints on these games, especially these last two games. I mean, other than that last five minutes defensively, but if you saw down the stretch, the Lakers were able to hold on, but Jokic was giving LeBron like 15 footers in crunch time and LeBron wasn't hitting it. LeBron.
4: So he's averaging. He's averaging 24, 9, and 8. Right.
5: But, you know, playoff LeBron will get you 34, 9, and 8. He's 34. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's why, like I said, I put on Twitter, I hope that he has some minor injury that we don't know about and that he's oh. just keeping it to himself. Because if that's not the case, then, you know, they, fought, they say Father Time's undefeated. Well, Father yes. Time is just hitting LeBron with jabs right now, just peppering yeah. him with jabs. Just
4: body work. That, that's okay, it. so I went back to when he was in the playoffs last with the Cavs, the year they got swept uh, by the Warriors and KD. That was like the game one JR Smith game where LeBron had 51. And every playoff series that, oh my gosh, against the Warriors in the suit, 34 10 assists, eight rebounds average. In the Celtics, that seven game grueling series, 33, 9, and 8. In the sweep of the fraudulent Raptors, 34, 11 assists, eight boards. And the seven game series against Victor Oladipo, 34, 10, and 7. So, yeah, he, he's not scoring at the clip he used to. And and I would say, Rob G., I'm with you. Like, he doesn't have the lift uh, to get up and jam on people. Um, he's tired. and And I want to spin it forward because, you know, that's what we like to do on this podcast. I don't see LeBron dominating this way against the Miami Heat. They are a much better, longer defensive team. They could throw Jimmy Butler at him. They could show Drake. They can throw Jay Crowder at him. Bam out of Probably going to be on AD, but maybe he'll find some time on LeBron. Um, I don't think we'll see cafeteria lady Kelly Olenek guard LeBron. Kelly Olenek, by the way. Remember, he injured Kevin Love. I don't like seeing Olenek near superstars. He's, He's a little bit of a wild man. Um... I think he would fare better against Boston. They have the long, skilled young guys, but like, I don't know if they're beefy enough or strong enough to handle LeBron on the block. But yet, Miami is not going to be easy. And, uh, you know, I'm not putting the Celtics out of it. You know, they're down 3 1. It's going to be tough, but they can pull it off. Um, The storylines, Rob G, if the Lakers face the Heat, you have Pat Riley against the Lakers, you obviously have LeBron against the Heat. You have LeBron against Jimmy Butler. You have Anthony Davis against Bam Adebayo. I mean, I would say you got Tyler Hero against Caruso, the two most famous white guys in the NBA right now. But, I mean, Tyler Hero is like a real player. Caruso is, uh, you know, a, a fan of Laker people out here. While we're speaking of Lakers who are struggling, and Caruso is, I just need a quick moment on Kyle Kuzma. I know Rob G's been beating up on Kuzma. Kuzma had a great start to this game. Okay, so I I do some prop bets for Fox Sports, and I had Kuzma in line for a big game. And you could see it. They needed that third score. Jeremy Grant dropped 26 or whatever in game three. Lakers need a third score. Kuzma was going to be the guy in this game. Uh, Middle of the second quarter, he was already up to 10 points. And, And Rob G., I don't know how closely you watch that, but something went down there, and... Kuzma played two minutes in the second half. That's it. And I think it was that sequence against Michael Porter Jr. late in the third. Uh, might have been late second too. But Porter just got him to pump fake and then buried, I think, two threes. And you could see Kuzma, the, it was, the energy was just gone. And Rob G., I don't want to give Twitter any credibility, but man, they love to kill Kyle Kuzma.
5: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, it's easy to kill Kyle Kuzma because Kyle Kuzma thinks that he is LeBron James a lot of times. I mean, 19 minutes, he got up 11 shots. So, you know, that's who he is. Um, yeah, I mean, he went for the same move back-to-back possessions. And in a game yeah, like this, was, when yeah. it's nip and tucked the entire way, pretty much, you can't afford to have stuff like that. So I understand why he didn't really get much run in the second half. Um, going back to what you said about the projected finals now, both teams are 3-1, Lakers-Heat. I would disagree with you. I would say that LeBron would have a easier time with Miami than he would with Boston. Huh. And the reason I say that is because Miami doesn't have a lot of length on their team. And and one thing I've seen in this series especially against Denver is that Jeremy Grant, even though I mean he's an okay defender, but him being long and athletic kind of disrupts LeBron James. Because he's never been a really good shooter to begin with. So he needs to kind of just get to the basket and score over guys. And he can't really score over Jeremy Grant. And Jimmy Butler and, and uh, Jay Crowder, they kind of are more physical defenders. And they're not going to be more physical than LeBron James. So that's where I think he might oh, be oh, how, how, a oh, I advantage. forgot
4: about somebody. I forgot about someone on the heat bench. Former NBA Finals MVP Andre Iguodala. Oh, the ghost of now, Andre he, he Iguodala. He looks really old. Yeah. He looks old. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you want to talk about washed? We'll have plenty of time to dig into Tyler Hero versus Caruso. But um, some, I, I don't think the Lakers are a lock in that series. I, I don't. I, at least I, I knew they were going to beat Denver. We knew that. Um, this Miami team starts kind of scary, man. You don't know who's going to give you twenty twenty five. Drogic, Butler, Bam. I mean, Duncan Robinson has hit like six seven threes in a game. Hero. And they have an NBA Finals MVP resting on the bench. So, uh, listen, a great night from LeBron James. Anthony Davis, obviously, hey, I forgot to give him his shine. He was, he was pretty fantastic. A little ankle scare there kind of freaked me the hell out when he turned his ankle. He had 34. Uh, still not hitting the glass that hard. A shout-out to Dwight Howard. He started, got 11 points, 12 rebounds. And if you notice, Dwight Howard really gets under the skin of Nikola Jokic. Jokic racked up the fouls quickly. He had a terrible game. And uh, the Lakers League 3-1, they'll try to finish this series, I guess, Saturday night up against college football. And uh, coming up next here on the podcast, a really good interview with Ian Rappaport. We saved the best
0: bet for the end of the podcast. Listen, enjoy this interview. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state.
2: Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming!
6: Those are the most obvious. But let's say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes
3: to sports.
4: I know what sports fans
3: want, but for everything he doesn't, he
1: knows a guy who
3: does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy
1: who knows another guy.
4: All right, let's welcome into the podcast Ian Rappaport. You know him as a rap sheet on social media. I mean, he's got like what? 17 million Twitter followers. He's such a big deal. I knew him way back when he was you know coming on uh, Boston, one of the Boston newspapers and I know he covered the SEC. Ian Rappaport, how are you, man?
7: To be fair, I knew you before you were big time also when you were just yes. writing for a little website and uh, doing quick little blogs and now look at you. Not only do you have a ball and podcast, but you're also a TV star. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about what you've done with your life and career. Oh please they'll give anybody a podcast, Ian.
4: Um uh, no, l- Ian, I wanna quickly ask you, you live right outside New York City in Westchester, um, obviously hit very hard by COVID. I'm just curious, uh, was there a major impact on on your life or your neighborhood or just your region? Have you been in New York City? Any of that stuff?
7: Yeah, I mean, I would say there was a major impact because I live right I live near New Rochelle, which is one of the really early hot spots. So I was in Westchester, New York and everything shut down. So, I mean, I, I work where you're, where I'm sitting right now uh, in my office, in my basement. I probably didn't, I didn't go anywhere else for work. I mean, obviously we have a camera set up and everything, and I didn't go anywhere for anything for probably two and a half months. I mean, the only, really the only time I left the house was to go bike riding with the kids or something like that, or maybe walk to the beach. Something like that. Um, So it's, it was, the effect was dramatic. um, And, you know, I didn't, like anyone else, I didn't get a haircut. I didn't leave and there's no, I did nothing. So, yeah, I mean, we were, we were buttoned up really early in the process. And um, I haven't been to New York City since. I kind of miss it, but such is life, you know?
4: Yeah. All right. So, uh, well, glad to hear you guys are doing well. As for doing well, the NFL has basically like you don't hear COVID on any of the telecasts. Remember, in the offseason, it was gonna be like, oh well, you know, somebody could test positive for COVID on Thursday night and have to miss the game. Like NFL's done a tremendous job; they should be applauded for that, right? They're not getting enough credit.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's the NFL and the NFLPA, and it's interesting because you know, obviously, I follow all the other sports, and um, you know, I saw the ba- the you know backbiting and everything between the Major League Baseball and its union. Um, it's it's hard, man. I mean, it, the the leagues and the union fight all the time. The fact that the NFL and the NFLPA got together, did a 10-year CBA, and then literally worked hands-in-hand to fight this stupid thing for the last several months, put them in pos- position to be here. I mean, these the protocols are strong. They're severe. They're stringent. It's not just that. It's daily testing. It's completely redoing every facility. So basically there's two locker rooms now, one for offense, one for defense. Everyone's completely spread out. All the meeting rooms are big. No one walks within six feet of each other. I mean, all of these things, it is absolutely incredible the lengths they went to protect themselves. Again, plus daily testing. And yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, I plan to check every week on if anyone had a positive test before the game, but NFL is two for two. Um, and the fact that they actually got this thing rolling is just phenomenal and incredible. Yeah. Uh,
4: all right, Ian, let's get to week three. And I want to start with kind of the big news this week with the Tyrod Taylor situation. Holy cow. Um, Justin Herbert is going to get the start. He got the start against the Chiefs, nearly pulled off the victory. Um, obviously, the Tyrod Taylor doctor story is is kind of terrifying. Uh, I guess, can you shed any light on what you know and uh, kind of offer your thoughts on Justin Herbert? against the Carolina Panthers. I haven't seen a rookie quarterback favored by six and a half in a while. Now, of course, Carolina's without Christian McCaffrey, but uh, I guess your thoughts on that game.
7: Yeah, um, well, first of all, the Tyrod Taylor situation, it's definitely interesting. It's something that me and Mike Arafalo reported on on Monday, so we've got a couple days to digest it. Um, Basically, it was a a mishap with the administration of a painkilling shot in his ribs. He's dealing with cracked ribs, um, cracked them during the game in week one. And what happens is team doctors give you painkilling shots and you have to get it right in between the ribs in the right spot. This one was probably two millimeters off and it ended up making a tiny puncture in Tyrod Taylor's lung. So he felt short of breath on the sideline. He was feeling chest pains and he ended up going to the hospital to get checked out. And... um, you know, is not going to play this week, has a chance of playing, I'll say, has a chance of being healthy next week. Okay. I don't, like, I appreciate and respect what Anthony Lynn said um, about, you know, if Tyrod's 100% healthy, he's our starter. But I also know the world, and if Justin Herbert lights it up, we'll see you know yeah, we'll see
4: it, it, tough to imagine Tyrod getting it back I and mean, you feel uh, you feel bad for him he got concussed against the jets a couple of years ago I know. baker was waiting in the wings and that was it for tyrod um i guess I, you know this chargers team i like them coming into the season with tyrod i was surprised by herbert um you know is it weird that Justin Herbert, were, not only Were you surprised
7: home, by it, that he was so ready or that he looked good or just that they took him? Dude, I mean, yeah, he was
4: terrific. Other than that throw across his body into the middle of the field, I thought he played as good you, as you could expect for a rookie against the defending Super Bowl champs.
7: Yeah, I'm so with you. And, I mean, you know, we, me and you are both on TV and we both take several minutes to prepare um, for what we're doing and we kind of get ready and we get mentally geared up. We put our makeup on and all that stuff. The fact that Justin Herbert found out that he was pract- that he was starting with the ball on the tee is unbelievable. I can't even imagine someone just like, hey, man, you're going to start your first NFL game. Go. And then he just walks out on the field. And go. I mean, players were saying they didn't know he was starting until he walked into the huddle. That's bananas. Um, That's crazy. Oh. And the fact that he played so well. I mean, the only thing, you know, like, I don't know what the charges are going to be this season. I think they're going to be good. Um, I think they have a real, real, real shot of being a playoff team. But whatever it is, if they found their quarterback, they are good, man. I mean, they are yeah. they're they're set, and it looks like they have one.
4: Uh, all right, to two teams uh, that I don't know if they have their quarterback. Uh, my Jets, and I know people hate on the podcast when I talk about the Jets because they're like, "Who cares? They stink, Jason. You're wasting my time." Um, I don't know this Sam Darnold Adam Gaze stuff. It looks like Gaze is toast and Darnold will get his third coach in four years. But the question's real. I, I mean, I'm trying to dodge it, Ian. If the Jets get the first or second pick, you know, what are we doing here? Justin Fields looks good at Ohio State. Uh, Trey Lance is a promising young prospect. And, of course, there's Trevor Lawrence, who's maybe the best prospect since Andrew Luck. I know it's early, but any anything on the Jets and, and their, you know, really sad, depressing situation.
7: Yeah, what if it's number one? What if they go one in fifteen? I mean, I, you know, someone's going to lose a lot of games. I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, but what? What if? What if they have a chance to draft Trevor Lawrence? I mean, or I don't know. So, um, I would say this: like at the end of this year, you hope the Jets have some sort of sample size on what Sam Darnold is. Not, not like a glimpse, but a real view. Three years is a long time. It's more than enough time to make sure that. You got the right guy. Um, I would say the jury's still out. There's been a lot of good. There's been a lot of bad. There's been a lot of question marks with some injuries and some weirdness. I mean, Mono would be a weird one. Um, <laughs> pretty weird. So I don't know. I, I mean, I think he has a lot of promise, and I know the previous regime thought he was going to be an absolute rock star. But two plus years in, we don't know what Sam Donald is. So you hope by the end of the year you know either way. Um, If you don't know, then you probably have to look at your evaluation. But, like, I think all of those questions are real.
4: Um, Speaking of uh, young quarterbacks, Joe Burrow threw 61 passes last Thursday night. And I thought he looked good against major pressure. If anybody looked bad, it was A.J. Green. Any thoughts on Joe Burrow going into Philly Sunday? Well, it's not going to be an easy one for him. Philly's going to be an angry team. They're 0-2. Their defensive coordinator's under fire. Their head coach is getting shots at Uh, Carson Wentz has stunk up the joint. Any thoughts on Joe Burrow going into Philly? Now, I don't know how much you watch line movement, Ian, but a lot of money is coming in on the Cincinnati Bengals in this game.
7: Uh, I do not watch line movement at all. Um, I don't, that's interesting. I don't know why that would be, but yeah. um, And I don't know if that's, if that's meaningful, or if that's just the public thinks something's meaningful. Um, I am a huge Joe Burrow fan. Um, I loved watching him play the other night. I mean, the Bengals aren't on TV a ton. I was so excited to get to watch him play. And the fact that he threw it 61 times, like, I think he got hit too much and you'd like to see him get rid of it. Just like you'd like to see him slide. But like, if you wanted to tell me that since he would be a team that threw it 50 times a game, because their quarterback's good enough to throw it 50 times a game, I'd, I'm cool with that. Right? Like they have a good running back and Mixon's good. It's yeah. good. It's fine. Um, I mean, I think they got the right guy. They think they got the right guy. Uh, it's going to be weird in like two years when Cincinnati's one of the best teams and they're must see TV. But I think that's where, wow. I think that's two, where two we're headed. years, Ian. Is that too fast?
2: Yeah, come on. These
4: things take time. I mean, well, then again, Kyler Murray's in year two, and I think he. I bet him on the off to
7: win the MVP award. So maybe it does go kind of quick. I, I mean, know. He, you know, Kyler's looking. Kyler's looking like they thought he was going to look. Now, on the other side, you mentioned Philly. Like, the Carson Wentz, he hasn't looked great. Their team's looking kind of – I mean, that's that's a whole different situation. Um, that's, like, the bad side of having a great quarterback and extending him but sometimes it doesn't end up great, you know?
2: Yeah.
4: Skill position players not really showing out yet for the Eagles. But, uh, Ian, uh, the, the best thing that I like about Week 3, obviously before we get to Ravens Chiefs, is that there are eight games at 1 o'clock and 5 at 4 o'clock, obviously going with the Eastern time. One of the biggest questions I have, and and I know you get this a lot, and you may not have the answer. Why don't we have that all the time? I hate when it's just uh, 3 games at 4 o'clock. I know they want the ratings to be huge, and I get that. But from a viewing perspective, like 10, 11 games at 1 o'clock is not ideal for me.
7: I would disagree with that. And I'm not saying this as someone who understands the TV landscape, because, I mean, I work in TV, as do you. I could not understand less what goes into why a game is where it is, who does the times, which network gets it. I remember the NFL changed the rule on allowing sort of like double headers on cities that have two teams, and I had to have it explained to me like five times before I actually understood. (laughs) I suck at all that. But I love the three games at 4 o'clock because I actually – Three games is not a lot. I can actually watch. I'm mean, going to have three TVs. Right. There's three games. I can put them all on. I can watch all of them. It means that the the games early, like, you know, you watch some of those, but, like, kind of more monitor and pay attention. I like being able to really focus on the three 4 o'clock or whatever games. And then the 425 game comes on, and it's by itself basically in the fourth quarter, and I love it.
4: Yeah, so Dallas-Seattle, the marquee 425 game this week. Um, that's gonna be good. I don't, everybody loved Dallas coming into the season, Ian. I didn't. Um, Seattle's looked
7: way better than I thought.
4: Any thoughts on? The, I mean, are the do you consider the Seahawks Super Bowl contenders?
7: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you know, barring injuries and whatever, but if Russ is going to play, what about play the like, defense, Ian? They
4: can't stop anybody.
7: Is anybody? They given up over
4: almost nine hundred yards of offense in two games.
7: Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, I don't know who's gonna really stop anyone. Whatever. To me, you know, the Seahawks are in the place where if it's close, they will probably win. I mean, that's just what – I mean, they have such a great quarterback. They've been there before so many times. I think if it's close, they will probably win. Um, I I like them, and I think Russ is probably playing as good as maybe he ever has. I still like Dallas, though. I don't – I haven't seen anything that would make me jump off the bandwagon there. I think offensively they're explosive. Defensively, I have a lot of questions. They also have a new coordinator, so maybe that takes a little time.
4: Yeah, I mean, defensively, they they're down a ton of injuries at cornerback. Russ is going to just murder them this week. It's going to get ugly. Um, Now, the eight o'clock game or the Sunday night football game, Packers at the Saints. Everybody, all of a sudden, the Saints lose to the Raiders on the you know the island game. You you the Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night those games. Get way more eyeballs as you no said doubt. at the four o'clock games, and I think the overreaction is palpable. Now everybody thinks, "Oh, Raiders are great; they're awesome," and I don't know. The Saints, Drew Brees is washed. Saints stink. I mean, this this sets up as one of those games where everybody's like, "Wait, the Packers are undefeated, and they're now underdogs in New Orleans, and there's no fans for the Saints." It feels to me like this is Saints or nothing.
7: I, I would. I mean, this. You hit it on the head. Everyone was watching, and it looked like Breeze was not great. Now the defense wasn't great either. You know, not cu- not being able to cover Darren Waller was really just brutal watch. but he's a great player. Um, here's my thing on the Saints. They're so good. They have <laughs> such a great. Oh. Hi, Jude. You gotta love when the kid oh jumps gosh. in Are in you the door of the interview. Yeah. Do you want to say hello, Jude? Oh, now you're gonna be shy after you walked no. in. Just say hi. <laughs> You don't need the AirPods. Just say hi. They can hear you. Hi.
4: Good to see you, Jude. Okay, bye. Gotta love when the little... So, Ian, listen, I know we're all working from home. Have settle? you had Do I moments... Do need the AirPods? <laughs> Have you had moments where your kids interrupt? Or not only that, but you kind of encourage it because you know the potential for going viral on those things.
7: Well, we had one where I was... We did go viral yeah. uh, when yeah. Jude walked in, in the middle of a Des Bryant report a couple of years ago. And it was hilarious. And I was so angry. Um... Just that it happened because it could have been so bad, you know. Um, I actually left the door open now by accident because I thought they're they're just coming back from baseball. Um, I I do not like those moments. If they're going to be on, I like to plan it out. Um, those always right. scare me because you never know what they could say. Yeah, literally. I mean, it literally say anything. Um, plus, I've had enough internet viral stuff. Wow.
4: Yeah, getting hit with the football. Was getting it hit with the football.
7: Um, it was. Uh, I believe Texans Packers. Texans, okay. On Sunday night, and they had one right. High five, the guy in the eye, um, the i5, oh. as it is called on the interwebs. That was another good one. So I think I've gone viral enough.
4: You know, Ian, that leads me to a question. Like, you're high profile on TV. I mean, you're the guy for NFL Network. Like, that's when you, when you think of ESPN, you think of Scott Van Pelt. When you think of FS1, Colin Coward. When you think of NFL Network, right now, Ian Rappaport. Like, when you go out in public, I'm just curious, grocery store, bike ride, are you getting people shouting you out all the time?
7: I would certainly say that Rich Eisen and our player analysts are much more, but I appreciate you saying that. Ah, stop it. Um, come on. You're the news guy. You're the information I guy. I appreciate that. Um, it What I get a lot is I get a lot of stares. So there's a lot of like, should I go over? And so like, sometimes I'll just be like, I see someone literally staring, and like, come over here and then have a conversation because I'd so much rather that than like staring while we're eating dinner, you know, because mm. um, you can see it because no one's slick. It's like when you check out, you know, if you were like a high school boy looking at a girl like, yeah, they know you're looking like it's not you're not you're not <laughs> slick. So no, no one's slick. So I always would be like, hey, what's going on? The other thing that happens is and I thought it, it's like a weird phenomenon, but it's happened for the last probably five or six years. I'll be sitting somewhere like, let's say at a coffee shop. People walk up and talk as if we're in the middle of a conversation. So they're like, "Oh, those giants last night, man, you know? as if <laughs> as if we've talked about it. And so I'm yeah. constantly having to be like, "All right, do I know this person? Do I not? Is this like one of my wife's friends? or I have to process real quick, like, is this a fan? Is this someone I actually know who I've only met once? Like that that is more of an issue than anything else is when people come come up and just start chatting i have to be like who is this person
4: um the best one i had recently was we were in like a footlocker pre-pandemic and i'm with the, the kids are trying on sneakers for sports and this guy comes up and is like yo man you nailed it on and i totally i forget what the nfl topic was he was like that was great and my kids are like yeah. What's, what's going on? Oh, and then my wife is kind of like over to the side and gives like that yeah. eye roll like, oh god. Here we go. You know? It's yeah. good. Here's the ego. So, you know, you're walking around a little bit laughing. Love it. I got to ask them, have you had any weird like angry fan encounters? Because, you know, on the internet, everybody talks tough, but then in person, nobody ever says shit.
7: Yeah, I've, I've had a couple, Ooh. No, nothing, nothing too, too bad. Um, so, let's see. Like, couple years back um i reported on antonio brown bills trade that was close and then the deal fell through oh, and right. remember that um and so you know it was it happens i think we've all i've i've learned from it and you know worked on different ways to be better and all that stuff change phrasing on some things everything um but you know it happened so whatever um we're we're at uh, belmont going into the races and some guys literally waiting online, and he's going like AB to the bills. And I'm like, why? Like, what are we doing here?
4: You Were know, you first the
7: family or just the I wife or with friends? my wife. Okay. And she's like, what is that? I'm like, right, I just, don't even worry about it. You know, like, cause usually it's like all good. Cause you know, people save the bad stuff for the keyboards. Um, right. Right. And the, you know, there'll be a couple other times where people say stuff, but, It's usually when they're really, really drunk. And I don't, I'm not in a ton of those situations, certainly not anymore. Um, So it's really not, it's really not too bad. Usually it's all right. And if it's in front of the family, it's always good.
4: Yeah, yeah, usually people are respectful. I did have a guy playing pickup basketball who we had played with a ton. And then he realized I was on TV and he started talking some shit from the sideline. And other people were like, oh, Jason's on TV. Like they didn't know. And- tell them to watch. Well, this, this guy—he's like a young little punk, and uh, you know—I fired right back. I was like, "Yeah, what do what are you doing? Yeah, that's my job. That's what I do. What do you do? You sit yeah, out I on mean, the basketball court and lose all your—and I'm I'm not gonna like take
7: it, you know. So um, I but mean, the it reality is like, or anything. none of us are that cool anyway. So hey, I mean, speak for yourself. Come on, you know. I mean, <laughs> you look cool because you're not wearing sleeves, but you are not oh, actually. Geez, none of us yeah, are yeah. actually. We're on that a Zoom
4: cool. interview, and rap sheets going after me. All right, I'll wrap up with this, Ian. Um, is Kansas city, Baltimore Monday night, obviously the best game might be the best game of the season. It might be the best um, game of the
7: season.
4: Is, is the winner of this game going to come out of the AFC? And I asked that because Baltimore last year looked like a Super Bowl team and they kind of, kind of had a letdown. I feel like this game means way more to Baltimore than it does Casey.
7: Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm with you on that because it's, if- I mean, Casey played a tough game last week against the Chargers, almost lost, probably should have lost. Um, if they lose this, no one's going to be like, okay, well, they're not bound for the Super Bowl. Like everyone's – Kansas City's going to be good and a Super Bowl favorite until they are knocked out, right? Um, I think if Baltimore wins, or God forbid they win convincingly, then I think everyone will go, okay, this is our, this is our Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, I mean, that's – but if it's, honestly if it's not them like who would it be Packers maybe yeah. Packers would look good I mean it's uh,
4: I think I'm with you it's I don't know well like I, I think I, I do wonder.
7: I, I think they I, I'm, have I'm a not real panicking
4: yeah. on on Mahomes hasn't looked sharp in the first two games. I know he had to come back against the Chargers divisional rivalry yada 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 didn't throw it too much against the Texans. And again, I'm not going after Pat Mahomes but it is there you know Super Bowl hangover he got the big contract. Um, or is this just a slow start? I'm just saying, Mahomes has not lit the world on fire in the first two.
7: Yeah, games. I mean, he's obviously still awesome. That goes without saying. Yeah, but, we know that. Yeah. Um, what I think, a couple things. One, I don't know how he prepared to play football. Like, obviously, he did everything he could, but some guys need OTAs and minicamp to be great. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing about Kirk Cousins, you know, when he was with the Redskins, former Redskins, whatever the name, um, that. When you saw him on Wednesday on a practice, he looked terrible. Thursday, he looked fine. Friday, he looked great. Sunday in a game, he was awesome. He needed practice to go through the game, needed the game plan to be really good. Maybe Mahomes needed the offseason. The other thing is Hmm. everyone spent two years gunning for him and making sure they're ready for him. He's got one of the best coaches in the NFL. I'm sure they will adapt, but what you might be seeing now is the preparation from the offseason for everyone who's trying to stop this guy. I mean, that happens too.
4: That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, he's the one guy you got a game plan for. All right, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. Ian, do you want to mention any NFL Network shows that the audience should watch? Or um, do you want to um, mention anything for Old Takes Exposed to get me on an Odell Beckham call? I don't know. Do you want to, you want to put anything out there in
7: the ether? That was such a great moment. The responses <laughs> I got were like, oh, like it was just its great. Um, I'm on Game Day Morning on Sunday. I'm on TV all day on NFL Network. I'm on Twitter at Sheet. I do Instagram stories. I dominate. Um, that's about it. That's all I got. You dominate. I don't even, I got to follow you on IG. You don't follow me um, on Instagram? It's good. It's good. Uh, well, I, I think I might. You get, um, what you get is, you, you, you get probably just new- lost. You get some news. How many followers you have? You get some news Being and then you get some barbecue comments. Oh uh, my content. gosh.
4: 268,000 followers. Okay. I'm now following. Is that a lot? 268,000? What do you have? I have like 8,000 yeah <laughs> i mean jeez but you only follow 122 yeah you gotta up that to 123 buddy um you gotta you gotta, you gotta i need that follow man i got I you? you got I'll me by you. 260k so must great. be good to to live to be ian Rappaport. all right no, dude.
0: enjoy week three and uh we'll be in touch
7: all right good stuff man take care
0: all state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible
1: device and vehicle required.
3: The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game
6: is making money while you
3: do it. Here's your best bet.
4: All right, it's that time. It's best bet time here on the Straight Fire Podcast. Last weekend in the NFL, Two and one missed on the Eagles, and I, folks, I really want to take the Eagles this weekend against the Bengals, but I, I might do it in the contest, but I don't have the stomach for it here on uh, the Straight Fire Best Bet. So I'll give you three NFL games. I'm not going to do a college football one. Honestly, just too many cancellations. You know, the Pac-12 is now playing football. Uh, They decided that on Thursday night. That's happening, I don't know, in a few weeks. The Big Ten's coming back. I'm just, I'm not locked in because there's so many moving parts. I'll get excited eventually, but I'm not ready to throw down any after-tax dollars on college football just yet. So here we go. Three NFL's best bets. Let's start with the New England Patriots. Current line is Patriots by six. And I listen, you'd never want to take a chalky favorite Uh, six is pretty big, especially when it's the New England Patriots. But this is just an awful spot for the Las Vegas Raiders short week. They had the big win on Monday night football. Now they're 2-0. Everybody thinks they're good. And if you really watch that game closely, remember the Saints were up 17-7 with like five minutes left in the half cruising and the penalties started to add up. And the offense did ring up 7.4 yards per play. It's not like this Raiders defense is good, okay? And remember, the Panthers hung 30 on them in the opener. And now you go across the country to Foxborough, and you're possibly down two starting offensive linemen. Incognito got hurt in the uh, Monday Night Football game. He's out. We'll see about the status of Trent Brown. But that would take away their running game, which is where they have their big advantage. Josh Jacobs is a beast. I love that kid out of Alabama. But if you take him away, and you know what Belichick likes to do, I'm going to kind of scheme out your best offensive weapon through the air. If you remember famously, Tyreek Hill was taken away in that AFC Championship game a couple years back. He had zero catches at halftime. I mean, just an incredible job by Belichick in that secondary and I can see them doing the same to Darren Waller. He had almost 20 targets <laughs> against the Saints on Monday. That's unheard of. He was unstoppable. If you take him away, do you trust Hunter Renfro and uh, Henry Ruggs, who's kind of banged up, that group of receivers to to get through what was the number one secondary in the league last year? I know they got lit up by Russell Wilson on Sunday Night Football, but I'm sorry, Um Russell Wilson's weapons are way better than what Derek Carr has. So give me the Patriots' favor by six. I like it at six and a half. Seven is just too rich for my blood. Second pick, and you know I got to go with the dog. I'm telling you, this weekend is dangerous. Okay, we saw the favorites cover at a ridiculous rate last week. Straight up, favorites were 14 and two. So the dogs are going to be barking on Sunday. And if you think back to last weekend, the only underdogs to win straight up were the Rams, who are now 2 0, and it's shocking that they were an underdog. Underdog again Sunday. And the Raiders on Monday Night Football. So the books got killed on the money line parlays and the teasers. And it just feels like if you guys have seen The Return of the Jedi, um, Admiral Akbar, I know you remember that scene where they're getting ambushed and he goes, It's a trap! And it became a meme. And a, ha ha ha, Akbar, you know the guy who looks like a lobster, uh, he's got the eyeballs on the side of his head. Look up that meme if you have no idea what I'm talking about. But it feels like a trap weekend, and I might be falling into one here with the with the New York Giants getting four. It's mostly four everywhere. Now, in the contest that I'm in, the circa $1.4 million contest, it's only three and a half, so I have to give it second pause. But I actually think the Giants' offense will be okay without Saquon Barkley. They, they were so geared to getting him the ball in space and running with him it resulted in so many negative plays. I just feel like they can have Danny Dimes operate out of the shotgun far more often now. I know no Shepard, but Ingram's healthy. Tate's back. Uh I I think they'll be fine against the San Francisco defense that is so beat up. Listen, I know that they have depth on that team, no doubt about it. But if you look at the second half against the Jets, and yes, they were up 21-3, I think I believe at halftime or 24-3. Jets played him to a standstill, 10-10 in the second half. And that was when the injuries started to take their toll. San Francisco's down to its third and fourth string running backs. And yeah, I know they're, they're talented players, and I like Nick Mullins. I think he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. I just feel like Danny Dimes can keep this remotely close. If the Giants can, uh, you know, not have three or four turnovers, Danny Dimes has been a turnover machine, again— you're down your three best defensive linemen. I haven't seen anything about D. Ford playing either. So I, I think the Giants can cover. would not shock me if they won outright. And uh, I like the Giants as uh, getting four as my second best bet of the weekend. And finally, and listen, this one was a toss-up. There are several tasty favorites I like. And I know that I should be looking at the Jets getting double figures, first double-digit dog of the season. I should be looking at a a gross, disgusting dog with fleas like the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe Detroit, and I am looking at the Lions. But I'm going to go a little favorite here. Tampa Bay, favored by six. And I know the public is all over Tampa Bay. Listen, the public doesn't lose every game. Okay? But this is a Denver team. If you think the 49ers are beat up, look at Denver. They're down QB1, Drew Locke is out. They're down wide receiver one, Cortland Sutton. He's done for the season. Their wide receivers two and three are rookies, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Um, you're down RB2 in Phillip Lindsey. You are down your best edge rusher in Von Miller. You're down your best cornerback in A.J. Bouye. This team is so beat up. And got, I know what you're saying. Well, Jay said they were able to hang with Pittsburgh. Listen, Drew Locke came in. Uh, I'm sorry, Drew Locke went out. Jeff Driscoll came in. Jeff Driscoll banged up. The Pittsburgh defense, he was able to do some damage because there's no tape on him. They prepared for Drew Locke. Driscoll comes in, was able to work some magic. Pittsburgh probably thought the game was in the bag. They had a comfortable lead, and Driscoll was able to lead them back. This is a defense in um, Tampa Bay that's very good. Uh, I know Bridgewater was able to move the ball late a little bit in comeback mode, but think about this for Tampa and Tom Brady. Seven drops for the Buccaneers last week. Or that's a blowout over Carolina. Uh, LaShawn McCoy dropped a touchdown pass. Chris Godwin is back. Uh, Ed- Evans and Tom Brady seem to be on the same level at this point. Remember, the opener, they they were a little confused. I just, I'll be stunned if Tampa doesn't hang 28 to 30 points in this game. They are really setting up for a run here. And remember, I saw a great stat. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast or not. But Leonard Fournette has the, lo- I think he has the most longest run, most longest touchdown runs in the fourth quarter since 2017. Uh, Leonard Fournette just, they wear you down. They got your Ronald Jones. You bring in Fournette to kind of thump it uh, and, and wear the other, wear the opponent down. I, I just like Tampa Bay. I know it's a big number, it, it's tough to stomach. Six is a lot. But for me, it was between Tampa and Pittsburgh. And, um, I'm going to ride Tampa and Tom Brady. So there are your three best bets for the NFL weekend. Patriots favored by six. Ugh, Giants getting four. Tampa favored by six. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the NFL. Obviously, listen, if you have the gambling questions for me, hit me on Twitter. I'm on the gram. The DMs are starting to add up as I've gotten hot in in gambling, so I, don't, I can't get to all of them. But uh, I'll do my best. Everybody,
0: thank you for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. We'll talk to you Monday.